Welcome to iChurch. Oh, get ready for your blessing. For further information, visit us at iChurchOKA.com. And now, here's today's message. Is the composite is a word composed by two words, re and concile. To re is the part where it says that we return back. Re, return back. It's to it's a do-over. You repeat something, you do it again. And to concile is to grab and unite and bring together. So when we reconcile, we are bringing, we are going back so we can bring together what has been broken. Reconciliation is the process of going backwards and taking what was broken or what isn't working and you put it together. Reconciliation is the process of returning, going back to our past lives, to what happened yesterday and bringing back together what has been departed. Reconciliation. In the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Eden, when God created mankind, He created us and put us in the Garden. And I want you guys to understand this. Now, before coming to service, God is already bringing this burden on my heart. And I knew exactly who would be here today. I knew what crowd would be in. So today I'm going to go really deep in my teaching. And I need you to follow me. Because what I'm going to teach you is a theological principle that's based on scripture that very rarely is spoken. It's the nature of the relationship of man with all that surrounds him. When God created man and put us in the Garden of Eden, God put man in the Garden of Eden and he placed them there. And there was this awesome relationship between man and God. The relationship was so awesome that the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 verse 25, it says that man was put in the garden and he was so used to walking around the garden and, and, and feeling God. I mean, literally, it was a walk. They would walk together through the garden. He would speak and Adam and Eve would listen. The relationship was so close that it was, there was a oneness in that relationship. The oneness means that man and God were not as two but as one. Their relationship was so close. God created you and he created me to be one with him in the Garden of Eden. So when we were in the Garden of Eden in our natural state, there was, a, there was, this, there was this atmosphere of oneness between us and God. Now I want you to hold on to that because the atmosphere was so one that the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 verse, verse 25, it says that man walked in the garden of Eden and the Bible says that when as he walked in the garden of Eden, God spoke and the Bible says that they were naked and God was speaking and they would listen to God and God would speak to them and there was no shame, the Bible says. When the Bible says there was no shame, what the Bible is saying is that the natural state of mankind is to be before God naked and not know the difference now you say pastor why are you saying that well nakedness tends to be shameful to us today we walk today you walk around check this out guys you walk around and in your natural state of mind nakedness nakedness would be shameful but before 
Before what we know as mankind, we would walk before God and God would see our nakedness. See, it was, it was, it was a, a, a Levitical tradition. When man was in pain, when we committed sin and we felt really bad, if you read the book in Leviticus and Numerous, Numerous, you will find, and Numbers, you will find how man, when he strives in pain, how man, the Bible says that he tears his clothes. It was a ritual of, of embarrassment. It was King David would take his rags and he would, he would tear his clothes upon himself and he'd lay to the floor in a closed room and he'd roll in ashes in pain and he was in his nakedness before God saying God here I am I am not worthy but look at me God look at me at this moment I am shamed man became shameful of being in the presence of God but it wasn't always like that at the beginning in the garden of Eden man and God were one together God would be in in in, in Eden and it'd be so cool it'd be so natural to walk with him it would be so natural to be with him it'd be there was this relationship of love so great I have no other word to describe it except oneness there was oneness you would never wake up in the morning and waking up in the morning you would never feel like I feel far from God you would never feel that God was right next to you he was with you it was a daily thing it was a dose of it you it was like the air you breathe oneness that's the best way to express it oneness was like the air you breathe there was a natural atmosphere to be one with God and 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 when he explains this that there was no shame in nakedness in front of God what he's saying is hey we just hung out it was me and God we were one together but see it wasn't just God and man it was God and man but it was also that oneness wasn't, it wasn't just God and man. If you go back in that same verse, Genesis chapter 2, not verse 25, but if you go back to verse 23, what it, when it says that we were one with God, right before it, it says that we were one with man too. So it wasn't just God and man being one, it was man and man being one. Pastor, why do you say that? Because in Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, it's, um, Adam would say, um, here, this woman is flesh of my flesh and blood of my blood. She's, she's, bone, she's bone from my bone. She's flesh of my flesh. She is one with me. He would say, Adam would speak about his wife and he would speak with her as if they were one together. In fact, if you go to verse 24, the oneness is seen very clearly where they're tied up. It shows you a good illustration of what tightness was. And in verse 24, Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 the Bible says and it states that 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 therefore the woman will leave her father and mother and she will unite with their man and they will form one by themselves now I'm putting all these verses up for you but what I'm trying to get you to do is I'm trying to get you to understand that I was one with God and I was one with my wife I was one with her, this person and it was a natural atmosphere it wasn't weird I never felt distance in the garden of Eden man never felt alone because God knew there was a oneness with God and there was a oneness with the flesh of my flesh with the blood of my blood she was she was me she was bone of my bones we were one together uh, she would leave her father and her mother she would from that moment on in the garden of Eden before sin was conceived God knew that we would procreate and in the procreation our children our grandchildren would have to depart from us and find this list we, we say it and it's funny we say soulmates but we don't really mean soulmates but the truth about it is it is a soulmate that's what it is it is it is biblically it is you would have to depart at some point you depart from the people that that raised you that you were one with why one because you came from your mother and you're part of your father and your mother and your father came together to have you so you're one with mom and dad and now you leave them and in a supernatural atmosphere I become one with my wife I become one with my husband and then when we become one I depart and from there are well again oneness was in the garden of Eden and mankind you were created 
created for oneness. No matter what they tell you, you were created for oneness. You were created for unity. You were created to be strong. It's your natural atmosphere. There's no other way of explaining it. But it wasn't just man and God and it wasn't just man and man but if you even went further back I don't have this Bible verse I'm not going to put it up on screen but you could search it up you could find it in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 all this is unity stay right where we are all this is unity but in in, in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 I'm putting this verse up I just want you to listen to it the Bible says that man looked God looked at man and looking at man he saw man in the garden of Eden and he saw that man was alone Look at this. He saw that man was alone. And man being alone had a need. And that need, listen, man's need for himself was to not be alone. So God said it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him an ideal help. I will make him a helper. And he gave her this woman. Pastor, what are you saying? God created man kind in a natural atmosphere of oneness allow me to pray before i continue father almighty god i come before you and i bless you and i honor you lord i'd like everybody to close your eyes for a couple of seconds and with your eyes closed and your heads bowed i want you to please pray that you're able to understand this in wisdom because it's important you listen to this message but there are going to be many things that interfere with what God wants to teach you today number one is going to be pride so I need you to call because I'm going to call upon the power of the Holy Spirit to help me to help me teach you to help me show you what scripture shows so you could understand the biblical principle of your nature and how it's important to understand this principle before you die Father help us Holy Spirit come into this room and guide us Lord guide us Lord all through this Lord we love you and we honor you and we know the God you are we know you created us Lord for this so God help us understand this lesson help me teach it God in your name Jesus amen amen So God, God creates man in the Garden of Eden. And God tells man, you're going to be one with me. You're going to be one with man. You're going to be united. But you also have to be one with yourself. I describe it, this this is my formula. God and man, man and man, man and I, me and myself, me and people, me and God. The natural atmosphere of man in the Garden of Eden is to be one with God. It's to be in unity. God created you to be in one. God took God took this little boy, Derek, and Derek could say, I'm a little child. God took Derek from the moment he was born God wants to be one and he is his natural habitat his creation purpose is to be one with God to be one with his brother and to be one with himself so that formula is going to insist but what happens is in Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 man committed sin and in Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 
when the chapter of when the whole chapter of Genesis chapter 3 in this natural habitat of the Garden of Eden man commits sin we're going to break the process and the Bible says that what was is no longer and how do I know that what was was no longer because the Bible says then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord this is sad guys he heard the sound of the Lord God man heard God who was his buddy who was one he heard God and he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day it was a good atmosphere everything was normal man is walking he had an awesome relationship they loved each other they were close and they hid from the Lord the Bible says that man hid from the Lord I used to hear the word of the Lord and I used to run to it and embrace it and we were one and we hung out now our relationship is broken this is probably the worst breakup you've seed in mankind history God and man had an awesome relationship of oneness and now man and God are no longer now you should identify with this because there are times in your life that you say man I'm praying and I hear God hearing me I could feel God in this but sometimes I feel distant from God and I don't feel as close as I want to God now you could sit there and act like it's not true but you know it's true there are times you pray and there are times you're reading scripture and there are times that you feel really close to God but there are moments you do not and that's what was happening in the garden of eden the first time that ever occurred to man was here see god was so natural and that oneness and now it's no longer there because man had disobeyed god why did man disobey god because man didn't want to be one with god man turned away from god and said god you told me this but you know what i don't want to be one with you i want to do things my way i believe i want i want to know so satan fooled them and they sinned and when they sinned from that point on because it wasn't a mutual relationship but a one-way egotistical relationship the relationship broke the relationship broke between man and God the relationship broke between man and God sin had broken the relationship so now I am no longer one with God see and here's the problem all of you are sitting here and I'm standing here guys and this what this what's freaky about it what's freaky about it is that we don't know the natural nature of oneness with God we don't know the natural nature of oneness with God we know this condition we know the condition of brokenness I'm here God's there I go to God God comes to me see and if you really if you really want to know how you say pastor but no there's sometimes I feel close to God yeah let me explain to you how it happens what happens is when man and God were broken off and they're no longer one what happens is that God comes and puts law down on the earth he says to man God says okay man I'm going to give you law and the reason I'm going to give you a law is because I'm going to give you some rules and if you obey these rules I'm going to create a thin little line between you and me and we're going to connect and law united man with God again and if you read it in scripture you can search in your house if you go to Romans I'm not going to put it up on screen either but if you go to Romans chapter 5 verse 13 and on you're going to see one of the biggest descriptions that you will ever find in scripture about the power of law and the power of grace abounding upon the power of law some of you sitting there right now visiting saying I have no idea what the heck he's talking about I know I told you today it would be a little deeper and you know you're lost but you're going to catch up I promise you're going to catch up what's happening now is that law comes in position because there's a brokenness between man and God and law makes this little tiny 
tiny, tiny thin line. And now this little tiny line, if I obey it exactly step by step, me and God are able to connect. If I follow the commandments, if I do this, if I make sacrifices, if I wash my hands before I eat, if every Saturday I stop, I, if I follow step by step and I am obedient to the law, the law makes sin real in my life. I used to sin and sin and sin and sin and from Adam all the way to the law I'm sinning and God's saying what did mankind do? How is it possible that he used to you know what it is? Let me explain to you this way. It's a couple that were together and they loved each other very much and now they're apart and they're saying how the heck did we get here? And God says I'm going to create a relationship so we come back together again. He establishes if you do this I'll let you come to me again. And man starts walking on that thin line of law and because man because you walked on that law you were able to acknowledge your sin because when you weren't obeying the law the lack of obedience to the law was the acknowledgement of sin some of you don't fall asleep listen the, the, the law is righteous because the law allows me to say okay I'm not doing here let me give you an illustration let me give you an illustration you don't lose me I'm sitting in my car I'm not wearing my seatbelt the cop pulls me over the cop could give me a ticket because I'm not wearing a seatbelt why can he give me a ticket because I wasn't obeying the law now if the law didn't exist he couldn't give me the ticket because I would never acknowledge that not using the seatbelt was a sin. So the righteousness of the law comes in place because the righteousness of the law is the one that's going to tell me God's telling me, listen dude, if you want to know how to come close to me, do this. And if you do this, when you're not doing it, that's disobedience to the law. Because the law exists now you acknowledge where your sins are and when you acknowledge where your sins are then you'll be able to step back and say, man, I have messed up there. See, sometimes, believe it or not even though I thank God for grace, sometimes Sometimes law is the only thing that would help you. We, we, we live naturally in a desire for law. Why? Because we need somebody to come up to us and say, hey, you did bad. We need somebody. The law does this to us. The law does bad, bad, bad. No, no, no. Don't do that, Cloudy. Bad, bad, bad. Don't yell at your husband. Bad, bad, bad. You know? That's what the law does. The law says, don't yell at your husband, honey. No, don't tell him to get up on his fourth day. No, 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 no. You know, and then what, what the law is doing is the law is establishing so she could acknowledge what to do and what not to do. And here's the problem. That's the only thing that brought us close to God. And here, But here's the problem with the law. When the law came in effect, look what happened. We loved the law so much, we loved it more than God. We loved the law more than God. Pastor, what do you mean? This is what we would do. It was no longer the father coming to the daughter saying, bad, 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 bad. Now the father was chilling, hanging out. The daughter did it wrong. And before she even did it, she'd be like, hey, God, hey, daddy, hey, I'm going to go over there and sin. So just ahead of time here, I'm going to do this so I could be righteous with you after my sin. You imagine that? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that type of relationship? Can you imagine that? Pooji coming up to Karen. Hey, Karen, how you doing, honey? Because there is a law, and the law says that you and I are married, and the law says that I can't go around sleeping with women, and I know that's wrong, but because I know it's wrong, if I obey it afterwards, you and me are going to be okay. I'm going to go sleep with that sexy mama down the road, and I'm going to come back. But right now, ahead of time, the forgiveness of that is that I come to you and give you a $100 offering. Here's my 100 bucks. See you in two hours. And he goes off. So man started abusing of the law for the acknowledgement of righteousness. And they ruined the whole process. So the line's really thin of our relationship between us and God. And what, what mankind didn't understand is that oneness was gone. Even the law couldn't recover the oneness of our natural habitat with God. 
it couldn't so something needs to be done oh yeah pastor you're driving us from genesis all the way to the gospel i am in hebrew chapter 4 verse 16 we got the beautiful power of somebody who interceded for oneness and he sent down his only begotten son so he would give his righteous life and sacrifice for all my sins and jesus came down and took his hands and said man and god will be one again man and god will be one and man cannot live without oneness because without unity man will be dead without oneness man would feel he never fulfilled his purpose you're gonna listen if you don't live in oneness and you don't live in unity you will feel that you're missing air because it's your natural habitat so god grabs his hands and he puts them together and he says man here god here he says i am gonna reconcile you i'm gonna go back and make it right i'm gonna make i'm gonna go back to adam and make it right and jesus christ spread his instead of he put his arms aside they, they crucified him and because of his death when he died he reconciled man and he put him together and that's where this powerful bible verse says let us then because of the sacrifice of the grace of god let us then approach it says approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need god said i died for you i love you is anybody thankful for the death is anybody thankful for the grace of god is anybody thankful for the oneness in the grace of jesus christ oh it's beautiful pastor you're on fire today man teaching all this theology from genesis to revelation it brings me on fire to know that he interceded for oneness between me and god because my natural habitat was dead and i needed it in fact listen to this god when jesus was on earth before he consumed the death on the cross he said something very powerful in matthew chapter 22 i believe he turns over and he says something that's really really powerful i'm going to put it on screen for you guys i'm going to read it look what jesus says jesus says now i need you to um, even jesus taught this i need you to be one i need you to be unified i need you to reconcile and understand the concept in Matthew 22 verse 36 somebody comes to Jesus and says teacher which is the greatest commandment in the law Woo. He says, out of the law which is the greatest of all I mean there's many many laws that most which is the greatest teacher and Jesus turns to him and look what Jesus says to me we should just abide by this live in this grab this understand this eat this live this we should I'm not going to say tattoo this, but we should. Okay. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36. says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Look at this. Look at this. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God. Man and God. Here, number one. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment of all. He says, before you do anything else, before you do anything else, get right with God. And the second is like it. He says, love your neighbor. Two. He says, love man. Don't just love God, but love man. Get along with those people that surround you. With your mom, with your dad, with your brother, with your sister, with your uncle, with those people. You get, get right. Make that right. And then he says, oh, and third, love yourself. Pastor, what are you saying? 
that when you read this Bible verse, you think it's just another Bible verse. And I'm telling you that it's not just another Bible verse. It's the greatness of Jesus explaining the nature of man in the Garden of Eden way before mankind even understood it. Before mankind even consumed sin, Jesus is saying, hey dude, what you need to understand is that when I made you, I built you for three things. What was it? You, I built you to love God. I built you to love and understand yourself. And I built you to love man around you. I built you in this natural habitat. And Jesus is saying, you're in a messed up world, but my grace and my death on the cross of Calvary ties you guys together so you're able to live this righteous life. But what I want you to understand in this righteous life, there's something that you need to live by. And you need to live by this more than any other man. What is it? You love and you worship and you praise and you give everything to God. You say, man, my days are God's. My tithe is God. My worship is God's. My life is God. I breathe God. I walk with God. I hear God. I listen God. I pray with God. I need God. I want God. I embrace God. I lift hands to God. I hug God. I hear God. And all this is part of nature of man. And when you do it, you feel complete. And he says, the second thing is embrace, love, care, watch for those that surround you. Make sure it's with mankind. Make sure it's sincere. Make sure your relationship with those that are around you, okay? Oh, and when you're all done, stop. Make sure you're right with yourself too. So Jesus is saying this by teaching. All right. Pause, stop, breathe. What does this have to do with before I die? What does it have to do with before I die? Hey, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I had an illustration today. I didn't bring it because I thought somebody might criticize me on it. But I'll explain it without physically doing it. If 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 I would have done it, it would have stayed in your mind. You're like you've been like, oh, it's crazy. You'd be driving down your car, man. He's crazy. This dude is crazy. What this? I can't. I don't know if I go back to this church. This pastor's sick. And I just, you'd be driving around thinking about it. I had this illustration. This was it. I was gonna go to Walmart and I was gonna buy a bowl. And I was gonna put a goldfish in it. And this is what I was going to do. I was going to grab the goldfish and say, this is his natural habitat. This is where he lives. You take him out of his natural habitat. And I was going to grab the goldfish. And I was going to go and throw him in the middle of the aisle. And then all of you would have been sitting down, looking into the aisle, seeing the goldfish. Going, He's jumping up and down, dying. And here, here's the problem with that. The next 45 minutes of the service nobody would be able to concentrate on the message looking at the fish there you go it'd be it'd be on the internet tomorrow it'd be twittered it'd be twittered my face the goldfish killer wanted check it out check it out watch this guys watch it out watch 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 i had it when you pull the goldfish out of his natural habitat he will feel something's missing and he won't feel complete until he returns back to his natural habitat. Your natural habitat is oneness and unity with God and with mankind and with yourself. And when you haven't done that, you're always going to feel you're missing something and you're dying. And here's the problem. Before you die, it's a given fact we actually I taught this and when I taught it we haven't even put up all the videos when I taught this I, the video crew from creative team went out to, to, to Charlotte and it's crazy because I told them guys in our natural habitat every man wants you know mankind before he dies says hey I, I wish I would have had more time to leave a legacy we taught that last week this week I'm teaching mankind it says I, I wish I would have had more time to to fix this listen to re 
reconcile this. I, I wish I could go back and, and fix this conversation with my daughter and with my wife. I wish I could go back and fix this with my dad. I, I wish I could go back and, you know, there's this person that died and I just wish we... And, 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 and here it is. I told them when people die, the first thing they think of, I was at death, they think, who, do I, who, who should I talk to? Who did I not see? Who did I not fix? It's, it's something simple. You walk out of the door in the morning and, and you didn't kiss your wife goodbye. You didn't kiss your son goodbye. You didn't say bye. And then you're dying and your only thing you're thinking is, I wish I could see him one more time. I wish I could, you know, it's, it's in your mind. I wish I could fix this. So before you die, you have this need, this urgent need to go back to your natural habitat and say, my natural habitat is to God. And this is what people do. People in, in their moment of their say, I wish I would have got right with God on this situation. It doesn't fail. It doesn't fail. You could be a born again Christian, washed by the blood of Jesus, been tithing, going to church and singing the hymn book from cover to cover. And I'm telling you, the moment you die, even though you know you're saved by Jesus Christ, the first thing that comes to your mind when you're about to die is, am I going to heaven? You're dying. You're saying, God... For, I, I promise you, the first thing that's going to run through your mind when in an accident, in a car, in a heart attack, in a stroke, in the hospital, if it's tomorrow, you don't, you, none of you know if it's going to be tomorrow. None of you know where we're going to be tomorrow. Sheldon isn't here today because Sheldon told me he had to go to a funeral and it was an emergency funeral. He had to go last minute. He excused himself from one of his family. One of, a good man they just died. And they were freaking. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about it. You don't know if yours is tomorrow too. And when you die, you're going to think, am I right with God? What did I fix? What did I, what did I make? And here, here's the problem with that. The problem with that is that you're thinking in your mind because you have a natural need, listen, to re- reconcile you have to go back for that reconciliation process you have to stop at some point and go back and say what you know i need my natural habitat where do i need to make this right where do i need to make this right where do i need who the bible says get right with god get right with man get right with yourself pay attention please because the next the next two minutes is probably the most important part of everything i'm teaching so pay attention no matter where you are what you're doing listen to this you need to stop at one point and be real with yourself and say, where do I need to fix my things with God? You need to make sure that your natural atmosphere walking through the Garden of Eden with Jesus is natural. And you say, God, where do I need to fix this? Pastor, what are you saying? Where are you sinning and where are you wrong and you know it and you haven't fixed it? Not for salvation, but because of purpose of relationship. Where, where is it? Where, where is it that you feel that your relationship, well, I feel I should be doing this for God and I'm not doing, I don't feel I'm where I'm supposed to, you know, where is it that you fall short in that relationship that you feel that constant feeling of insufficiency between you and God? What is it you're doing? You may be sitting here and last night you were in sin and you were doing this and you know, and you know it's wrong. You know you have to stop doing it. Now, now I'm nobody's friend. Half of you are saying, well, I'm saved by the grace of God. And the other half of you are saying, well, I'm, he's, he's judging me. I'm not going to let him judge me on where I'm sitting. And that's the problem with it. Your pride will never let you reconcile. But before you die, I promise you, it will hit your mind. And when it hits your mind, you're going to stop and say, man, I should have done it when Pastor Carlos was talking to me about it. And I didn't do it because I was too prideful. And now I'm at the hour of my death. And it just may be too late. I didn't fix it. And here's the second one. Where, who are you wrong with? Who do you need to fix something with? Who did you say something hurtful to? Who did you say something hurtful to? Who, 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 did, you, who did you lose control with? And it just hasn't been fixed. Is it your mom? Is it your brother? It could have happened four years ago. It could have happened 12 years ago. It could have happened... But, but pastor, you need to understand... No, 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 no. Who, who do you need to get things right with? 
Who, who are you hurting or who have you not fixed it with? Where is their tension? Come on, guys. Come on. Where is their tension that you have not fixed? Where? It, listen, it, it's, it's either one of two things. It was, it was either the person offending you or you offending the person. It, where did you say something? Sometimes, you know, you know what's worse than saying sometimes the way you behave? Where did you behave in an inappropriate manner that you know you hurt somebody? You said, my actions to my wife were wrong here. My actions to my son was wrong here. My actions, I, I, I felt I had a reason. I felt I was right. But the way I, the way I behaved with them, it wasn't right. To the kids in here, you know, where, where did you behave that you say, the way I behaved with him was not right? You know, all, all my dad wanted, all my mom wanted was, but I didn't behave correctly. I know I did it wrong. My relationship is hindered. And then there's the funny part. We walk around and we walk around natural. We walk around like if nothing's wrong. If you're a marriage, you walk into the house, you sit in the house, you walk out. And you you know something's wrong, but you just stand there and you act like if nothing's wrong. And you go, hi. And you say, hi, how are you doing? And you, and you know you know the relationship's not right. And you need to fix it because what you did was wrong. And until you don't fix it, you have you, until you don't go back and unite what was broken, there's a missing piece and you're going to feel it's like the air you breathe man was naturally made for oneness and you broke the oneness where do you have to bring it back listen your kid could be four and you may have a problem of oneness with him to the youth that are in here you may have a problem of oneness with your mom and your dad and 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 you have an urgent need now here's some of you saying well i don't have a problem it wasn't me that did it it was the other person that did it this person hurt me this person raped me this person this person turned away from me this person closed the door on me this person did this to me this person did this to me let me tell you something let me tell you something i know you've heard many forgiveness messages before but let me tell you something if everybody would think just like you nobody would ask for forgiveness because everybody's guilty of something but this person hurt me pastor this person did this to me well yeah even if the person did it to you there's a moment you got to detach and say you know what? i'm going to forgive this person for what they did i have to forgive this person for what they did in my life come on i'm speaking to somebody in this room i'm not expecting a large crowd but there's somebody that needed to hear this message the year's ending and before you die you need to fix something with somebody you need to go up to somebody sometimes it's somebody who doesn't even know it some they, they, they can't even run through their mind and you got to go up and say mom i'm sorry you got to go up and say son i'm sorry i say harsh words to you I say things that I don't consider your feelings and I know I hurt you constantly. And you need to go up to that person and say, I'm sorry. And you know which is the hardest of all forgivenesses? The hardest of all? The hardest reconciliation of all. You know which it is? The hardest of all? Not the one with God. Grace intercedes for me there. Not mine with man. Sometimes my humbleness could break that. You know which one I could never run away from? When I have to forgive myself. God forgave you. You forgave people. People forgave you. But you you can't seem to forgive yourself. It's a natural habitat of condemnation. And we need the law to fix it. We walk around thinking we're going to pay for something we did. Listen, listen. If you were going to pay for something you did, if you're going to pay for something you did, you'd already be dead. Let's just, just clarify that. Don't sit there. Let's not act all churchy, guys. Let's be real. Sinful thoughts, adultery, lust, fornication, procrastination. Come on, I could go on. It'd be following you. You'd already be dead before you did wrong. 
But here's the problem. You know grace is abound in you and you live your life well. I, I, and you can't seem to forgive yourself for making mistakes. Listen, some of you have situations that have nothing to do with sin. <laughs> oh man, this is coming from behalf of God right now. He's speaking to me as I speak to you. Your problem is not the condemnation of the sin. It's when no sin's in you, but you still have this constant regret in your life. You cannot live today's life regretting every single day you live. If you live your life in regret, well, well, look at me. It's not even, it's, it's not even a sin issue. It's a life issue. Well, look, I mean, I, I haven't achieved this. I'm never going to make it there. Well, just look at me. Condemnation on your life of feeling so miserable when you could you know who you're you're it's not that you're hurting your neighbor, it's not that you're hurting God, it's when you're hurting yourself. What I do is not sufficient, and, and you can't release it. Pastor, but here's the problem. That's all great, but but it has nothing to do with 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 me. I didn't hurt anybody. It's it's people hurting me, or it's the things they say. Second Timothy chapter four verse eight, the last verse, and I'll send you home. Paul's about to die, and when he's about to die, he says this in his in his, this is where I get this whole Bible verse from. He's about to die, and the first thing he says is, "I have to run the race. I live a legacy. I want to leave something before I die. I want to do something big. I want to impact lives before I die. I'm going to change this before." that was last week's sermon and now he stops and all of a sudden like if he switched subjects it makes no sense he states three things and I want to read them to you now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness he says I'm going to be blessed which the Lord listen, listen, there, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge He's saying, there's a judge in, in heaven will award to me on that day. He says, because of grace, God's going to give me a crown of righteousness and forgiveness of sins and he's going to love me. But there is a judge. I'm going before a judge. He's saying, I need to make sure that my relationship is right with God because at some time I'm going to go before him and if I knew him as my savior, he's going to forgive my sins and I'm going to be righteous. If you're here today and you die and you have not gotten right with God, unfortunately, you will not have the righteousness crown. You will not have have that you will have the crown of perdition which is no crown at all and you'll be sent off and you won't have eternal life with God if you're standing here you're if you're sitting here you're in this room and you have not fixed that you need to fix that today you need to stop today and say God I know I'm going to go before you and I got to be right with you and that's okay and so, so you're, he's saying he's saying he's saying I'm about to die and I know I'm going to go before God but I'm going to be okay because I have grace on my side he interested he tied me up I got my Jesus interceding for me man it's going to be okay I have not to worry but then he stopped and he changes the subject it's like if it, it didn't even it doesn't even make sense and not only to me but also to all who have longed for this appearing he says but guys you too he says not just i'm going to be judged before god but he says you're also going to be judged before god and then all of a sudden he switches the subject right before dying he switches it and says listen i'm going to respond to god and god's going to be a crowd because i met him as my savior i gave him my life i surrendered to him i gave him all i was and after he said that he says, oh, oh you guys will too you guys are gonna have to respond to god too but hey, hey wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Says, but also, look what he says. He stops and he tells Timothy, hey, do your best to come to me quickly. It has nothing to do with the subject. What do you, what do you mean? Can you imagine me dying? I'm croaking on a bed. And I'm like, yeah. And uh, I, 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 I'm going to go before the judge. And he, 
he's, he's going to give me a crown and I'm forgiven. And, 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 I'm blessed. Righteousness, forgiveness, grace, and the glory of God is upon me. Oh, oh by the way, come real quick, man. I got to talk to you, bro. Hey, you me got you, you, you me got bro. You got we got to talk, man. You get you know Skype, email, whatever. You have, we we got to talk, bro. Dude, we got we got we got we got to talk. And you're like, Pastor, what are you saying? Paul had understood at the hours of his death this equation, and he's saying, I've gotten right with God, but come to me quickly, Timothy, because I need to talk to you, man. We need to set something straight. And here's the problem. Timothy and Paul were father and son. There was a great relationship. There was a good relationship. But Paul's saying, Timothy, you and me got to talk, bro. We need to fix something. He's saying, I need to get right with man. Verse 10. For Demas, because he loved this world, he changes the subject again. Demas, this dude called Demas. Don't ever name your child Demas. For Demas, because he loved this world, what did he love? What did he love? He has deserted me. Deserted me. Paul saying, I'm not right. I'm about to end. Paul says, I am not me. Me. I'm not right. See, Demas deserted me. He left the world. Demas didn't desert Paul. Demas was a guy who walked with Paul and the Bible and, and Philemon. And the Bible, the Bible talks about him greatly. Inclusive. The Bible says he was as great as Paul. The Bible says in one portion. The, ver, the, ver, the Greek version says that he was equal to Paul. They were great preachers. They were walking together and they were fine. They were the buddies. They were up there. They were expanding the kingdom. They were preaching the word. And the Bible, Paul saying, listen, the guy deserted me for the love of the world. He didn't desert Paul. He deserted God. But Paul felt it personal. Paul knew that he was not right. Paul said, inside of me, something's not right. So he's urgently, he's urgently calling to Timothy and saying, Timothy, Timothy, come on, I'm Paul, man. I've preached to nations. I'm going to heaven. I got a crown. Everything's good. It's Paul, man. It's not me. It's, not you. it's Paul. It's the guy who writes the most of the New Testament. He's saying, I, I, I love God. God loves me. I got right. I got oneness with God, but I have a problem with me inside of me. Something's not right. Come quickly because I need to talk to you because Demas, he deserted me and he is gone to Thessalonica and he didn't just leave Thessalonica but also Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus has gone to Demelcher he says, he says see these two guys Crescens and Titus they were with me and I could have talked to them but they're doing God's work somewhere else so I'm here by myself and I need to be accountable to somebody I need to respond for this heartache in me because I'm upset and I need to fix what is wrong before I die but pastor, he's saved. He said he's going to heaven. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. That's what I'm, That's my whole point. 
He's that goldfish out of the water saying, I'm not in my natural habitat. And before I die, I need to talk to you, Timothy, because I have hard feelings with Demas because the dude hurt me bad and I need to get it out of me. I can't live my life feeling the way I'm feeling. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I cannot continue to live my life without going back and fixing and uniting what was wrong and reconciling I'll tell you what happens at the end of this story because I won't be able to finish it and you'll never have time to read it and you probably won't even find it in the Bible but if you keep on reading in the Bible the truth is Demas never comes up again pastor he doesn't uh almost there's just one little phrase that shows up at the end of the Bible in Philemon that says that says and Demas was preaching the word pastor what are you saying somehow Timothy made it to Paul or Paul received the letter and with this letter of confession either the letter or in person Timothy traveled over to Demas and said Demas you did what was wrong and you hurt Paul but all he wanted was to tell you he forgives you and he's asking for your forgiveness on his deathbed he wanted to make it right before he died so in my mind I see Demas a great man of God that was walking far from God falling to his knees and saying how is this possible and crying and say I loved Paul I loved him what are you saying he's saying that he loved you and he forgave you for hurting him he forgave you for what you did he let it go he let it pass and Demas restored his life and was inspired by Paul to go on and preach the word and becomes a great man of God but only because somebody was willing to reconcile what was wrong go back and fix it please close your eyes and bow your heads and with your eyes closed and your heads bowed